Hey everyone, welcome to another Still Moments with Jesus. I am your host, Minister Brian Samuel Opati, and we are so glad to have you on this episode today. Would you believe we're having another sermon? Yes, it's been such a long time. Uh, we thank you, all of you, whoever's listening from wherever you are. Know that God loves you, God's thinking about you, and it is not by accident that you are on this show today. So we hope that you'll be blessed and that this sermon will speak to you and not just you, but all of your beloved who surround you. Uh, and even for those of you who are in need of beloved, know that you found a family here with us here in Still Moments with Jesus. For that is what we are about. We are about those small, still, quiet spaces where we get to think and ponder and, and talk and discuss and share and get to know more about what Jesus is saying, so that in our own lives we can get to hear his voice better and clearer than we ever have before. So thank you so much for tuning in. So today's sermon will be coming from the book of Judges, the 13th chapter, and we'll be reading all the way from verses 1 up until 24. Uh, but we can skip 24 and just go up until 23. I hope you have your Bibles close by. And even if you don't, it's okay. You can go online and just Google uh, Judges 13. And uh, it should show up some results. And one of my favorite results uh, comes by the way of BibleGateway.com. Uh, as you can imagine, it is a library full of so many Bible translations. And uh, right now, I'll be reading from the ESV translation. Uh, American the American version of the ESV. Uh, and it reads... And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. There was a certain man of Zorah, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not borne children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore be careful and drink no wine or strong drink. And eat nothing unclean, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the messenger of God. Very awesome. I did not, I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Verse 8. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah rose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life, and what is his and what is his mission? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. 
She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you and prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that that this was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name, so that when your words come true we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing that it is wonderful? So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up toward heaven, from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. Now Manoah and his wife were watching, and their faces fell to the ground, and, and they fell on their faces to the ground. Finally, verses 21 to 23, the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord meant to, had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands, or shown us all these things or now announce to us such things as these. The reading of the word of the Lord for the people of God. Now, the title of this sermon today is, Who Are You? Where I'm from, my part of the world, it's a question you'll always hear from the time you are able to speak, and able to reason. Oftentimes comes at the point in time after your uh, initiation into manhood or womanhood. And the question has doesn't have anything to do with what work you do, but it has a lot to do with what you are made of, who you're connected to, and how all of that connects to making up what your identity is. So oftentimes you'll hear if you ask someone from my part of the world, who are you? Oftentimes they'll speak either of their family's greatness, right? They'll talk about the lineage, their great history that they're proud of. If you ask them again in a different context as kids before they're initiated, it'll often come or be understood to be an insult. For most of the time, when someone asks you that, in the, mid, in, in the setting of a conflict, especially in primary school, or here in the US, I'd say in elementary, it will come off as a challenge to the person. Because it's basically a way of saying, of what value are you to me? What worth are you to me? you're almost insignificant, if not insignificant, in my sight. It is often taken as a point of bragging. It's a boastful uh, question. Uh, And those who hear it a lot know its meaning each time it is said, and in different contexts. 
for those who are working right now, as you've been watching the news and hearing the stories of um, of quiet quitting, oftentimes in some contexts you will hear some say, who are you? That, that will be among the employees. And that would not have to do, and that would not have anything to do with, you know, who their boss is necessarily. Of course, the boss is the boss. That is not the question that's uh, being posed here. That's not the point. But the question will be, you. the point of the question will be to make the statement that you are not the one who runs my life. And it feels like at every, at every turn in this uh, decade, in this, in the 2020s, and even before, I think an argument could be made made for that. That the question is always posed to us: Who are we? Because half the time, whenever we read and hear stories in the Bible, I don't think I don't know how often we take the time to just sit back and think about what someone's situation probably was as they were listening to the story. Because most of the time, we are not keen. To hear what the text is trying to tell us, and most of those, and and ninety percent, if not 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 over ninety percent, of the time, we we are not keen enough to hear what the spirit of God is trying to say through the text. For instance, as we were just reading the chapter of thirteen, chapter thirteen of Judges, we're introduced to a family. We're introduced to Samson's family, and we hear that Samson's family was having some struggles. The Philistines had taken over and they were living under the oppressive rule of the Philistines. And it had been 40 years. And just for context, not only was this just the problem that Manoah and his wife had to wrestle with, Manoah's wife was also barren and they both had no children. So there's no one to carry the legacy and carry the name of the people. And even more than that, what's very fascinating about the story of, uh, of their tribe is that there were, Dan there were Danites. A very important point to be made here is that the tribe of Dan was not allocated any location. If you look at the, pro if you look at the assortment of Jacob, otherwise known as Israel, as he's blessing each of the families, uh, Dan is left out, and that has to do with how Dan, with Dan's role in the uh, kidnapping, kid, uh, pretty much kidnapping, framing, and selling of their youngest uh, at the time, youngest brother um, Joseph to Egypt, selling him off as a slave to Egypt, and. It's fascinating that in this particular instance, we are going to be introduced to a character who's not only known for his prowess at extinguishing the foes of Israel, but Samson will later on become the blueprint upon which Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel would base Superman, the character of of. Now, it is important to know that the feats of strength do not compare to what the story that led up to Samson's uh, coming to being, you know, his conception and, and eventual birth uh, were, right? 
So we see in chapter 13, not only the introduction about their tribe, we're given a, back, a background of, you know, their background, what was going on with them. And suddenly a mysterious figure comes in and speaks to Manoah's wife. I'd want, for everyone who's a keen observer and a keen reader of the Old Testament of the Hebrew Bible, to pay attention to this. Because when Manoah's wife is approached, there's no time at which God asks for any further consultation from, Man, uh, from Manoah's husband. Uh, sorry, from, uh, from Manoah, um, Samson's mom. Samson's dad, sorry. Soon to be dad. There's no time God asks, hey, bring your husband here. He must be here to hear this. This message that God was giving to the woman, while she's not named, the message that God was delivering to this woman was strictly for her and her ears only. But someone listening to me right now might say, but wait, that doesn't sound about right. Didn't her husband eventually show up and ask God to let this same mysterious figure show up again? Yes, and you would be right. But here's the thing. God doubles down on that point and says to Manoah, everything I have told the woman is enough. Long and short of it, everything I've told the woman is enough. So here we find the woman being instructed, being given the set of rules, the exact things Manoah, uh, the exact things that Samson is supposed to follow from the time he is born all the way into his adulthood. And God essentially trusts and trusts the woman with Samson's life and trusts, and trusts her enough to make sure it is done. And by the time Manoah is introduced into the story after the first interaction with this mysterious figure, God doesn't sound too pleased about having him. Because his point is simply, listen, I spoke to the woman. This was for her. Do what I told her. And that is how the story continues to astound us. Because half the time we do not trust especially when you're not used to being the ones who are put in the front, in the forefront. We are not used to hearing God speak to us and give us such an elevated position. For God to give audience to those who otherwise were not often remembered in cultures similar to mine, very similar to mine, and I don't know how similar to yours, dear listener, but for people who are not used to being listened listened to or prioritized, it is fascinating that in the birth of one of the most significant judges in Israel's history, it is a woman receiving the news. 
and not just the news, but being but be given the instructions. For oftentimes it was said that it was God who God spoke to the men, and oftentimes neglected the women. But in this scenario, God speaks to the woman and does something that was usually attributed to the priests. She's given instructions that she carries out. And she's essentially helping out in fulfilling the law of the book of Deuteronomy when it comes to the creation in the, in the Torah or in the Pentateuch, in the fulfilling of the requirement of the Nazarites. Now, for those of you who are Bible nerds, that is, a, that is homework for you to take home to look into a little further. Because you'll find some very interesting information there as you read the story alongside the sermon. Because now we hear a fascinating piece about this whole story. We think in this story that we're just talking to a mere angel, a messenger. But as the story comes to a conclusion, we learn that and this is the man who realizes this. Manoah in verse 22 says, Oh, no. We shall surely die for we have seen God. We have seen God. Uh, if I don't know if you were me. <laughs> if I were you. I don't know how I'd have reacted. <laughs> Especially in scenarios where, as a guy, I'm so used to like stepping in and trying to do things or trying to fix things. And thinking that, oh no, I can't trust what someone else said just because I don't trust that God spoke to them. But that's, that's the core, that's the essence of the sermon. Who are you when God is the one speaking to you and to no one else? When you are in an audience of one, yes, you may be married, yes, you may have a partner, maybe... You are thinking of getting someone. But when God speaks to you and to you alone, and the other person does not hear you, does not believe you, and does not think you're probably speaking the truth about that remarkable story. Because you have to remember, the, the, the miracle of this is that of a child. Whereas previously in Genesis, we have, we've seen a scenario where, for instance, Sarah... Abraham's wife chuckled at the, at the very idea that she was going to have a child in her old age. In this one, we see Manoah's wife quickly rush to her husband and say, Hey, I just had the craziest news from the most interesting person I've ever met who just told me I'm going to have a child. Now, that type of news is exactly what God is speaking to us every day. To you who's currently listening to me right now, through this audio, I want you to remember a few things. For people who felt very forgotten, they were not forgotten in this instance. God remembered them. And God blessed them in such a way that their blessing was not going to be just for them in just having a child for the sake of society. 
but they are going to have a child who is going to uplift their status beyond the walls of Israel. And that is something to take to heart. As my wife Maya likes to remind me, God likes to spend time uh, with people. And in this scenario, God spent all the time even patiently waiting for Manoah. Even though Manoah is not necessarily the one who he wanted to speak to or had come to speak to, he waited for Manoah to bring the goat for the sacrifice. Yes, let that sink in. God waited, even though this was not the man who was the main recipient of the message. And I hope for those of you who are listening, who are struggling with your faith right now in the midst of hardship, for those of you who are listening from far and wide, for those of you who are watching the news and, and in deep despair and are losing heart just based off of what you're seeing and hearing, for those of you who are facing trials right now, for those of you who are struggling with family members, for those of you who are struggling with friends, for those of you who really do need help, I pray that this session, this sermon, speaks to you. And it reminds you that even though you feel unseen, even though it feels like no one else is paying attention, the Lord is paying attention. And he knows what you're going through. And the blessing he has for you during this time of need might as well exceed anything you ever thought or imagined. And that's what the New Testament reminds us. That his blessings are above and beyond anything you could ever think or even ask. Because that's the kind of God we serve here at Still Moments. He knows you, he sees you, and he's ready to help you. And for those of you listening who probably have a testimony similar to that of Manoah and his wife, and already know of what God's capable of, and the amount of good God's able to make us see, that he's already providing in our lives and what he's about to do in our next chapters. I hope this is an opportunity for you to see him even in a greater light, in the midst of hardship. And for those of you who've never known him, I extend this invitation for you to know him. And the prayer is easy and simple. If you just pray with me, Lord Jesus, I receive your blessing. I believe you died for me and you rose again for me. You did the impossible so that in the face of life's impossibilities, I might truly know that with God, all things are possible. So may you know after praying this prayer, that your life is not going to be the same. That now that you've taken the step of faith to trust him, that you, in your hour of need, are not alone. And not just that, you have someone who is fighting for you. 
someone who knows what you're going through and someone who's going to help you get through this and get through it with a testimony. And that testimony is a story to tell of God's goodness so that others may hear and others may wonder and be in awe of it. And like Manoah, they will come and seek God, saying, Do you mind if we bring a little sacrifice just to say thank you? Because <laughs> the news that we've heard is too wonderful for our ears. And we are not ready for it. We were not ready for it. So I pray the peace and the blessings of God over you, dear listener. And I pray that in your still moments, you will realize that nothing is impossible with God. Even when all else seems to be falling apart. And that you, your identity, who you are, is hidden in Him. And like the and like and like God said, why do you want to know my name? Seeing that it is wonderful. I hope that as you experience your identity in God, you will realize that it is truly beyond words. Be blessed and have a wonderful wonderful start of your week. In Jesus' name. Amen.